ladies and gentlemen, we are back on the road. My name is Rick Reinhardt. We are here with Alan Fensermaker and Ian Short, and we are on our way back from the CCW show in State College. Uh, wanted to talk a little bit about professional wrestling. Uh, Alan, I'll let you start, man. I know you saw SmackDown this week. What'd you think? Dude, SmackDown was a, really, was a really good show, and I know WWE's product is really kicking it up. I know, like, um, it was kind of cool because you had uh, Drake Maverick. Yeah, you had Drake Maverick, which is a, a he's a tiny little midget uh, versus uh, versus Elias, and um, then at the end of it, it ended up having uh, Dana Brooke. Like uh, after Elias beat the crap out of Drake Maverick. Then uh, Dana Brooke uh, ended up uh, getting the pinfall on um, on uh, on Drake, which is I was kind of like a whole slap in the face type of deal. So, but uh, yeah, and then also too, like you had Alexa Bliss versus Mandy Rose, and I know like, the two of them. Like I know, like I I was waiting for that to happen for a while because both of them are uh, two incredibly hot women, and uh, and I, I I know a lot of people were, were waiting to see them go at it into a match. Hey, man, we like hot women here at the Pro Wrestling Archives. Ian, did you see any shows this week? Uh, are you talking referring to Raw and SmackDown? Yeah, or, yeah any, any of the shows, the wrestling shows on TV? Uh, I haven't watched NXT. Um, I got to catch up on AEW because I haven't really watched it since they were having that old storyline with NXT, so I want to see what that was going on. But now that it's over, yeah. I'm going to go straight back to watching AEW. Raw was pretty good. Um, I thought SmackDown was pretty good. But the one thing I'm confused about is how are they going to give Daniel Bryan a title shot, another title shot, and then all of a sudden bring the Miz into the picture as well. It makes no sense. Yeah, that was pretty interesting. Yeah. If they still have, like if they still have that Daniel Bryan and rivalry going on, why are they bringing another rivalry on at the same time? It makes no sense to me. Yeah, yeah that well, was pretty might... interesting. Yeah, that was pretty interesting, though. Like, um, yeah, because it started, yeah, when uh, SmackDown started off, they did a replay, like, when, uh, when The Fiend pulled uh, Daniel Bryan underneath, underneath of the ring, uh, through the ring, and then started pulling it, Daniel Bryan, what it looked like, he pulled he pulled Daniel Bryan's hair out, and uh, when he you know, like, and then uh, this week Daniel Bryan it seems like he had disappeared, but then the Miz came out, and I know the Miz and Daniel Bryan both had like a uh, storied history with each other too, and feuds and all, and then they were interjecting the Miz in there, and like how um I like that analogy, how like um when uh when the Fiend actually when Bray Wyatt came on there in the uh, uh, Firefly Funhouse gimmick that he does, like he was talking about family, and then he flashed up a uh, a picture on the screen of uh, when he was in the Wyatt family, like his old gimmick, and then um, and then next thing you know, like he he took a picture like uh, with the Miz, his wife and kids, and then um, later like uh, you see like a picture with the Miz out of it, but then Bray Wyatt in there with the Miz, his wife and kids. So like it's yeah, I saw that. I saw that. Too. So, um, so yeah, one thing I want to say about Bray Wyatt real quick, it's really interesting to, to see him totally come into his own right now because I don't even think 
Mike Rotunda or Barry Windham is on the level that Bray Wyatt has got to, and, and you know, he, he's a product of them or whatever. So it, it's, it's really interesting to see that, you know, come full circle, and I think that's really cool. Uh, but I want to get off of that subject for one second, and I want to talk about AEW. So I saw some AEW this week, and um, one thing i got to say about AEW is the same shit that what Cornette was saying earlier this week, which is the audio for AEW needs to get a lot better. I remember that when we saw them live in Philadelphia. The audio was off where the crowd couldn't hear any of the uh, promos on the, uh, the the big screen or whatever they call it. And um, on TV, it seems like the commentators are not loud enough. It seems yeah. like whenever the music starts playing, you can't hear what Jim Ross and them guys are saying. Yeah. Um, and, uh, you know, I, I got to give um, a special shout-out to... Statlander, who debuted this week. She's a very beautiful, hot woman who can really get in there and do her thing in the ring. And she's vicious. She's vicious. And, and, and I heard that she was turned down by the WWE for whatever reason. And she, she landed a, a new home in AEW, and I think a star was born. Yeah. Um, so, you know, much love to Statlander. And, um, you know... There's a lot going on in AEW, and because it's a new federation, it seems like, you know, they're maybe setting up for, you know, uh, how do I say it, like a, a long haul. You know, it seems like they're still getting their feet wet, but it does appear that they are kicking ass right now with what, you know, with what they're up against. You know what I mean? Yeah, I, I hear you right there. Like, um, I'm just curious who the next one uh to join AEW will be because I know like, I have a feeling that there's going to be some uh, some other uh, so, some other folks from WWE that are going to jump over to AEW. Just uh, I'm just curious who it's going to be. Like it, I kind of think I could kind of see Elias possibly jumping over to AEW down and eventually down the line and uh, and feuding with Jericho. I I kind of think that would be pretty interesting. You know, it, you're bringing up an interesting point because. I like that we can kind of hear on the Pro Wrestling Archives that we can kind of book some dream matches, at least, that you know, and just imagine what things could be like. Because I, I, I was thinking about this the other day. When, the, um, when, when Vince bought WCW, I think that one of the biggest things that they dropped the ball with was the idea of having dream matches. You know, like we could have saw Austin versus Goldberg. We could have seen... Austin versus Hogan, shit like that. Yeah. And I think that, and I think that nowadays, um, you know, a lot of those guys are not able to wrestle anymore because of uh, either age or injuries or whatever. So I think that if if any, if WWE wanted to bounce back from the hole that it's been in as far as the direction of the product, I think that they should be considering dream matches, and I think that we should start planting those seeds here at the Pro Wrestling Archives. I'd like to see some of the old ECW guys show up in AEW. I know Van Damme's been under contract with Impact, so I don't see that happening anytime soon. But Teddy Hart was just released from MLW. Maybe Teddy Hart will show up in AEW or the WWE. Yeah, that was, that was pretty interesting you say with Teddy Hart because I remember, like, uh, when I, you know, when I was at the um, AEW show at the Leah Core Center in Philly, I remember seeing Teddy Hart there. Like, um, I didn't, I, wow. I, didn't I, don't, I don't remember him being on the show, but he was just there, like as a fan, I guess. But um, 
at, at AEW, right? Yeah, at AEW. So, like, you never know. Wow. Like, that's amazing, man. So, so um, real quick, we'll, we'll book one dream match. I would love to see uh, Teddy Hart versus Chris Jericho. That would be a great dream match. Um, yeah, that would be good. So, yeah, so going um, back to who you were talking about with, um, with, you don't know what happened with WWE, and she ended up signing with uh, full-time with AEW. From what I got out of an article that I read, WWE wanted her to train until they had something for her. Okay. And so she pretty much said, fuck you. I don't know if you can curse on here or not. Hey, you can curse, yeah. Okay, yeah, you so can say whatever you want. Basically Ian. said, fuck you, and signed full-time with their rival company, which is AEW. So now that's right. another person in AEW that I actually know. Yeah. So it's pretty um, cool okay. to see people I know on TV. Gotcha, gotcha. And that, that's really cool, man. And, and you know, the live TV aspect of all this stuff is probably the thing that I'm enjoying most is when you turn on the TV and you know you're seeing something live and you know that history is being made. Uh, I, I, I miss that feeling not only in professional wrestling but in TV in general, and I'm so happy that, that that's all happening. Um, I just wanted to talk to you guys about tonight's show real quick, the CCW show in Lewistown, Pennsylvania. Um, yeah. it, was a great, it was a great show. Uh, Rob Noxious is, is an amazing promoter. Uh, is there anything you guys want to say about the show? All I know is, like, CCW is bringing the hardcore back into wrestling. Like, um, I know, like, back in its heyday, ECW was, like, cutting edge as far as hardcore wrestling. But then, like, you have, like, CCW, they bring back the hardcore in there. Like, um, the action spills out of the ring and into the crowd. And, like, I, the crowd, I, I know, I, honestly, as a fan, I like to see. I like that when the when the action comes out towards me, like um, instead of just staying in the ring, it's like it's like wow. And then especially how like they had that basket in there where the the fans could bring weapons for the for the wrestlers to use in the match, and yeah, which is kind of I sick. agree. Yeah, because I saw like workers going back there. It's like the fans are contributing something to the to the show, and CCW is cutting edge with that, and like. They're doing some pretty amazing stuff, and they got some pretty good talent there. Like, uh, you got the uh, the CCW champion, BJ Walker, who, uh, who cashed in CCW's money in the bank in order to win the belt, yeah, win the belt over at the Black Friday show the other week. And then, um, yeah. yeah, then you got the tag team division there, like, which is strong. You got, uh, tonight it was uh, Rob Noxious and Malcolm King. Rob Noxious and Mr. King, I should say. Defending against, um, yeah, like defending against, it started off with uh, the Pony Express because uh, one of the frat boys was injured, but then the frat boys came back out and it became a triple threat match, a triple threat tag team match. Yep. And yep. I know, like, that was kind of cool. It was a spur of the moment uh, type of deal. You had three of the best tag teams in CCW going at it for the belt. Yeah. Um, so, um, so here's my so, opinion on it. Yeah. Um, so like Alan said, what it, um, it was Mr. King and Rob Knox's versus originally the frat boys 
what because they uh, Aaron got hurt uh, originally against the Pony they, Express. Um, the Pony Express got uh got it. Then the they yeah. came out. Mr. Ping um was ended up being um Rob Knox's uh surprise tag partner because his tag partner couldn't make it. Right. And at the at the end of the night, the match ended up being really good. Right. Um, Knox just didn't make it tonight. Yeah. The world heavyweight title match that was a pretty good match. Yeah. Um. It's nice to see B.J. Walker come into his own. You know. Yeah, B.J. Walker. He's yeah. A, he's a rising star, man. Like um. Like, I wouldn't be surprised if WWE picked him up, or or even AEW, for that matter. Or hell, even yeah, yeah, it's, it's, it's going to be fun to see some of these guys that we've been watching, uh, you know, possibly show up on TV, you know. I, I know that some of them guys were on Raw before. Like, I remember uh, the sexy psycho Adrian Bliss was on Raw, and I remember seeing Bro Keller on Raw. Yeah. Like, just that, they were just doing, like, kind of, like, extra work. Senior, CZW senior referee, Aubrey, he was on Raw as one of right. the um, conga line people for No Way Jose. Yeah. And right. actually, too, right. like, another thing I'd like, to, I'd like to build up, too, I know, like, um, I could see a, a decent feud going on between BJ Walker and Bulletproof Dorian Black. Because I know earlier tonight during the show, like, uh, just to see the two of them, like, uh, go head-to-head, nose-to-nose with each other, I could just see the yeah. two having, like, a, an amazing feud. Uh, like, uh, I agree. They, there, there was a story being told tonight through their, through their uh, you know, throughout the show, which I thought was really interesting, you know. Because, it, 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 you know, when a show starts that way and then a show ends that way, it still leads to the next show, so I think that that's pretty cool they did that. Yeah. Because I know, like, yeah, like, I know uh, Bulletproof Dorian Black, I know, like, he's really coming into his own big time, like, uh, and he's uh, making waves in CCW, and then DJ Walker. Yeah, he's like, a big guy. How how tall is that guy? Dorian Black? I, uh, he's probably, he's like, in, in the upper six foot, or even, like, seven foot, I'd say. He's a pretty big man, and, um, yeah, I was looking at, I was watching him after the show, and I was just trying to get a read on how tall he might be. I would say he's anywhere between six five and six eight. Yeah. Uh, something like that. You know, maybe not six eight. Six eight's really tall if you've ever stood up next to somebody who's six foot eight. Yeah. Um, there was this guy that used to work at my school in high school. His name was Big Mike, and he was a huge motherfucker. He was like six six. So I think Dorian Black somewhere around his size, maybe a little bit taller. Um, but yeah, something I really like about the hardcore wrestling that CCW is doing is when I was at the arena back in the day and they'd brawl into the crowd, I mean, you really had to kind of watch yourself so that you didn't get hit with a foreign object or a flying fucking piece of a table or, you know, some kind of projectile object. And when you're out there at the CCW shows, that's how it feels, man. It, it's like it's like if you watch a real fight, like let's say a real fight breaks out at a Wawa, you know what I'm saying? And, and you're just sitting there watching. Yeah. You can't help you can't help but to watch it. And and these hardcore matches are almost like that. It's like 
you know, you, um, it's, 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 it's like, you know, you're watching shit that fucking hurts or you yeah. know that somebody's going down and it doesn't, you know what I mean? Like, it's like when somebody gets punched, you know, in a real fist fight, you know, you're like, oh shit, that motherfucker just got dropped. When somebody gets hit with a cookie tray or fucking two by four, whatever they were using tonight, I mean, you know, that motherfucker is feeling that. Yeah, exactly. And I know, like, it was crazy, too, because I, I was, actually, I was a, a camera operator tonight, too, for this. And, like, being a camera operator, you got to get all up in the action. That's one thing. Like, um, I know, like, yep. dude, it was action-packed, dude. I was, like, trying to move my camera, like, quick enough to capture everything, which that's, that was crazy. Like, dude, that, that's even, like, um, doing the camera work for that, that even gets your adrenaline going because I know, like, um, when they go out there and they start pouring out the ring and they start grabbing the weapons and going all of, and going all over the arena, it's like I'm I'm like going I'm like a full adrenaline camera operator right now and like I feel like I'm right up in the action like half the time because yeah it's a totally different feeling isn't it yeah I know like a couple of the shots I wanted to do like I was trying to get like in there like to try to to get in the action where I like I literally felt like uh, I was gonna have one of the guys like run right into me and. <laughs> And like, yeah, I think I, I think I might have even saw that, man. You were up in the action, and I saw you totally jump out of the way or something. Yeah, it's, it's quite the rush, actually, being a camera guy for, for this. And um, I know, like, in fact, I remember, like, Rick, remember how, like, a couple of years ago, like, we are doing this uh, thing, the All-American Cameraman, like, um, <laughs> yeah. yeah, like, where, like, I would uh, pull out a camera, and I would be around ringside of the camera, and then jump in the ring and get it, and start getting it on. Yep. Um, yeah, it's an interesting thing. It's an interesting thing how when these hardcore matches are going on, it's like uh, a totally different feeling than when you watch, you know, a regular wrestling match. And I think that CCW has the dynamics of it down because they're not giving you too much hardcore. They're giving you just enough. And then they're filling everything else in with very classic wrestling. So yeah. I, I think they might actually have the formula down. I know people like Jim Cornette, you know, they don't like hardcore wrestling because they think it desensitizes everybody towards regular wrestling, which I can understand. But the way that CCW does it, it seems like they do a whole show of wrestling and then they kind of put the cherry on top of the show with a hardcore match at the end. I think that's very smart. Yeah, like the last week at Black Friday, like it, like you, yeah, you were there. You, you saw how, like, uh, in the in the uh, main event of the night, they literally tore the ring apart, where like the guys were actually wrestling on the uh, on the wood that goes underneath the padding. Yep, yep. And my favorite thing that comes out is man, when those thumbtacks come out, man. <laughs> you know yeah, that's your favorite part. Happen. Yeah, I mean, that that shit is some fucked up shit, man. When you start seeing cats with thumbtacks in their back or thumbtacks in their face. Yeah, that like, shit ain't right, man, you know what I mean? Like, I'm actually reading Sabu's book right now, too, and, like, um, just seeing some of the ma- reading about some of the matches he was in, and, like, um, the scene, like, the one picture of Sabu with this steel chair wrapped with barbed wire, and, like, it's like, dude, that's, like, the steel chair, it could be pretty devastating enough, but when you put barbed wire around that shit, man, you know something's going to happen. <laughs> yeah, I, I saw that Born to be Wired match between Sabu and the Sandman the other day, 
and they were wrapping themselves up in barbed wire and they were jumping on each other with barbed wire all over them, like throwing themselves as like a weapon, like, like, like to, to stab another person. It was the craziest shit I ever seen. I saw it back in the day, but I mean, watching it 20 years later is fucking crazy, man. I might have even been at that show. I think I was. Elliot, by the way, for any of you guys listening, um, definitely you want to get Sabu's book. It's an amazing read. I've been reading it so far. He goes into some of the stories from the road. Like one I was, I was just reading also too, like, um, Rob Van Dam writes some, uh, wrote some, uh, wrote some memories for Sabu's book about that he had with Sabu, and like he talks about stuff like self medication that he did, and it's pretty, it's pretty cool. It's pretty good stuff, and um, yeah, definitely. Uh, That's I'm not cool, gonna spoil, man. I'm not gonna spoil it for you guys out there. I'm gonna just say, get his book and read it. You, you definitely won't regret it. That's pretty cool, man. Um, we're gonna wrap this like up bucks, real quick. Sabu gave you that book, oh, didn't he? Thirty bucks. Oh. Yeah. Well, Sabu gave you that book, didn't he? Yeah, because I did that uh, that interview with him. So if you guys uh, scroll below here on Pro Wrestling Archives on YouTube, and you'll see a video with me and Sabu where uh, where he plugged his book in that video, and like because that he gave me that cool. book for free. Cool. Cool. Well, I think it's time to wrap up this episode of Back on the Road because I just got home. I am no longer on the road, and it's good to be home. So uh, this is Rick Reinhardt with Alan Fenstermaker and Ian Short saying good night. Good night. Good night.